everyone i hope that you are well wherever you may be whether you are by yourself uh, you're with your family watching the service or you are in your life group watching the service together as a church family i just believe that you are enjoying the service and have you been blessed by the service so far i mean it's been phenomenal it's a time of worship it's been an awesome time of culture time prof- prophecy we're just building into you today and and I, i believe that you are blessed by that and what a church to be a part of man where the people are doing the works of ministry doing the works what an what an awesome thing to do it, it it communicates to us that you are a community of faith that of believers you believe in jesus you believe in the word that is being preached you're receiving this word and applying it in your life and that's why we're seeing things happening in your life and so what a privilege it is Uh, for us to be a part of this church as you receive today's word you will begin to experience a quantum shift there will be a, a leap you will you will transcend limitations you will transcend a, a realm or a dimension today and that's the word the word is very dimensional today uh, and and i really believe that you are ready life to us global you are ready uh, to embrace this word today it's, it's going to be fun So I'm excited to bring the word of God to you and the title of my message uh is intrinsic code. All right? Intrinsic code. So as as a church, I made an announcement last week that we're going to go on a fast and oh my goodness, we were just overwhelmed with the amount of people that want to experience God, the amount of people that believe the word and are and were ready uh to uh set their lives apart. uh to be disciplined in order to experience this energized momentum this this ethereal realm and the fast is called ethereal life now if you've missed the fast don't worry about it uh there there will be another fast that we will do like this but the but the group that has done this fast right now uh all of you don't worry we're going to do another fast in a, in in some time and it'll be the ethereal life 2.0 and it will be it will be even more intense than than what we're doing right now i mean we're going to get into some crazy stuff and uh, i really believe that you are going to uh really experience the quantum shift is going to be awesome it's going to be awesome in your life but for those who have missed it don't worry uh we'll open it up again and uh you can you can start where this batch has started right now and it will be awesome because i don't want to take you into 2.0 if the foundation uh you know is not uh, laid so we're laying the foundation right now with our people and oh my god I can tell you that uh these people are on fire man they're on fire for god uh the 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 experiences on this chat i mean is the chat group that we have is absolutely awesome profound stuff happening in our community and i want to commend those who are on this fast you know uh is going to get intense so and it's 4 weeks long so i want to encourage you to pace yourself pace yourself well uh don't uh don't allow yourself to go too far ahead uh just allow yourself to go into it slowly allow the lord to lead you into it and it's going to be awesome so we're on this fast called the ethereal life you know i preached a message uh, by that type title uh last week and it has been so amazing because people are uh, really understand our people understand that they have been living a life where they've been tethered to the flesh and there's a desire in the heart 
to transcend out of it, you know, to come out of it. And it's all about learning how to discipline your will, the natural will, right? We're learning how to discipline that will. We're recognizing areas of our life where the will is in control, the natural will is in control. And we're learning now to discipline the will and strengthen it to choose God, to choose God's will. That's the whole dynamic of this fast because we're called, ladies and gentlemen, to live from the ethereal realm. We're called to live from heaven. We're called to live from God's light itself. And if you, uh, 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 and if you are so connected to the world that you don't even recognize you're connected to it, then you are choosing to live a sort of a second class life compared to what God has for your life. And so the ethereal life is all about disciplining the will so that you can untether yourself from this time, space, reality. This time, space, the lower realm. You have to recognize that this is a lower realm. This realm is fallen and, and unless and if you want to make a difference in this realm, if you want to have authority in this realm, you've got to transcend out of it in order to have authority over it. You, you must understand that's very important. That's what we're doing on this fast. We're, co we're, we're coming out of the control of eating meals a day, so many meals a day. And we're, we're you have to be entertained and you have to be fed and you have to do this and you have to do that. No, 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 no. I, I understand my purpose is to have be, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. That and subdue it is what we're learning now. And we're learning that because until we come out of it, we won't realize that something else has dominion over us and something else is subduing us. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your natural will. Your natural will is tethered to the flesh and is tethered to um, the, the material world. And because of that, it is causing your spirit to be docile. It's causing your, your, your rights in God to be subdued so that it can have authority over you. But God has set you free. God, Jesus has come and He has set you free so that you can be in authority. You can rule and reign and you can subdue the flesh. And so, a couple of weeks ago, just before Kelsey and I could go on the fast, uh, on our fast, um, we, I had a vision and that vision really led me uh, and Kelsey to go on this fast. Uh, and Kelsey and I now, I think it's about five weeks that we're in our fast uh, and it's been, a, it's a joy for us to uh, do what we're doing right now. And this vision that I had was about a dog and a cow. And I saw a dog in its environment at home and I saw a cow in its own environment in a field and the Lord was showing me this this vision together I've never had a parallel vision happening to me but this time I'm seeing a dog and a cow in its own environment like two TV screens and I'm seeing this vision taking place uh, uh, while I'm lying on my bed and the Lord showed me that both the dog and the cow had a rope around its neck and it was tied down to a hook in the ground and it, it was really restricting the dog and the cow from being free. And so as I looked 
into the dog and the cow, I saw that this dog was getting anxious. I saw the dog was getting uh, uh, angry. It was getting frustrated. Uh, but the cow was getting frustrated. It was going around in circles and he was getting anxious and he was getting angry. And he was, he was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. This is not what I'm supposed, this is not, I'm created for better than this, rather than being tied down here, me going around in circles in my life, just trying to eat the grass and trying to bark at everything that passes by. And that's all my life is about. And the Lord began to show me that the dog and the cow were tied on and the more they tried to restrict, the more they tried to resist this rope, the more they tried to bite the rope, the more they tried to get free, the more tighter the grip of the rope upon their neck, which caused them to stop breathing. Eventually, the dog and the cow just sat down and remained calm. And I saw the Lord revealed to me that even though that this dog was in a family, it was subjected to the will, someone's will, that caused that dog to not be in its natural environment. I saw that dog getting anxious and angry at anyone who walked past. It lunged at anyone who, like, you know, because it doesn't know how to deal with the situation. It lunged at every anyone because it's angry for where it's at. Have you heard of people like that? They drive across the road, someone cuts you, I'm like, where did that come out of? I don't know, it just came out of somewhere. And the cow, was the cow was is you know God created the cow with the purpose the cow should be cowing man doing its cow thing you know it should be in the farm it should be helping the farmer to plow the land and and help the farmer with whatever carrying the you know the harvest to wherever it needs to go and and do what God created it to do be free and eat grass wherever it wants to eat and rather than it's just restricted and held down and not allowed to go and so eventually the cow and the dog after doing lots of circles round and round and round and round decided to just sit down and be subjected to another will. God created human beings as a manifestation of His will. God created human beings as a manifestation of his will and his will really was to inhabit humanity so he created man in his image and likeness and then he decided saying okay that's the perfect image that's the perfect likeness that is the perfect person that i want to inhabit that i can and i want to inhabit so that now together god and this human being that's you and me we could be fruitful we could multiply we could replenish the earth but also subdue it that's the purpose of your life see being fruitful multiplying replenishing the earth and subduing it does not happen without the habitation of God in you Whew. 
doesn't happen without it in fact all of the earth begins to try to subdue you try standing in front of a lion wild one doesn't work well for you and so we must understand that it is humanity's purpose is to be the temple your primary purpose is to be the habitation of god wow that is amazing you were created for god to dwell in you that's your primary purpose not god come visit you just three times a day he he wants to live like have permanent residency not visit visas he doesn't want to have employment visas you he doesn't work for you he wants to have permanent residency in you see when that's when you'll realize the potential of the purpose of your existence see it is because of humanity's connection to the material world to this flesh that we are tethered to the material world we're tied down we're limited and it causes humanity to become frustrated it causes humanity to lash out at one another like ah, you know do that stuff with with each other you know, don't even know you and they still want to fight with you on the road and still want to pick an argument because you looked at me funny you have no idea what is going on in that man's or woman's mind but it it naturally causes you to to be aggressive that shows dominance see dominance does not need aggression dominance needs stillness dominance is exuded by knowing who you are and not allowing things to subdue your will but actually having your allow them to submit to you that's what dominance is dominance kingdom dominance god doesn't come and interfere with you he allows you to welcome him in welcome him in that's when that's actually true dominance people think that dominance means i need to rule and i need to be aggressive and i need to shout and i need to do all of that in order for people to listen to me no that that's not dominance that's aggression based on a person who is tied down to time space realities because they're insecure that if they don't control the out uh, they don't control you they won't be able to control the outcome it's just insecurity Yeah. And so now eventually the dog and the cow gave up. And they just they chose to just this is it man, you know. I have uh, I'm just, you know, in the situation, pastor. I have no hope like, you know, what 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 do I do? I'm I'm under his will, I'm under her will. Um, this is what my company decided for me and that's uh, I have nothing else, you know, in my life to do and And so they're just like the cow they just begin to eat the grass that's just around them and they settle for that is their purpose in life And sadly quite a few Christians are in this form of life because they they've not recognized that they're angry with the person's will but they don't realize that Jesus has set them free from the very rope that tethers them to the material realm 
they're so focused on another person's will having dominance over them that they don't realize that Jesus has already set you free. The message, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he has set you free from the curse of the law. The curse of the law. There is no human will that can superimpose itself over your will. You have that choice. You need to make that decision in your life to, to resist a dominant will in your life. Resist that tornado. Resist that temptation. Resist it. Come against it. And say, no, no, no. You are not supposed to have dominion over me. I'm supposed to have dominion over you. Death cannot have dominion over you. Sickness cannot have dominion over you. See, these are manifestations, ladies and gentlemen, of that robe that is tied to your neck. And the more you fight, the more you try to, ah, the more tight it's going to get. And eventually, you will just settle for a second-class life. See, the, the issue is that we've been tethered to a matrix that the will of man has created. And we've not, because it's a matrix, if you watch the movie, you know the first one, you know what, what I'm talking about. That there's a program that the will has created from the beginning of time. That program has interwoven itself with the human experience. And so because of that, now, we're born into a system that we don't recognize we're a part of. And we think that that is what life is about. I don't have a choice in who I have to marry. I just, my parents told me and I'm married and now I don't even know who this person is. My parents decided who I was going to marry, what I was going to study who my friends are going to be, what kind of music I'm going to listen to. But, and so what it did was, it, after a while of resisting, 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 man, because I'm under the covering, you know, because I'm under his covering, you know, I have no reason to live anymore. I have no purpose, I have no vision, I have no drive, I just, <laughs> And you, and Craig, you go for life group and you're, bleh. <laughs> you hang around Christians, you're like, bleh. And we're trying to pray for you and we're trying to, we're trying to pep you up, come on, your life just global, this is a church of power, come on, we can do this. <laughs> Uh, I don't see myself out of it. I've just given up, given up, given up. The problem is that you've given up on your ability to set yourself free without realizing that Jesus has already set you free. It's just that you have to realize that the reason why a will is dominant and superior over you is because you never recognize you're part of a matrix that is, has control over you. But the minute you come out of that system, you realize, 
hold on a minute, I've had a false perception and a perspective of my friends and my friendship and the love that I receive and the love I give. So I can sit in my house now, I don't have to call you, I don't have to come for life group, I'll sit online, <laughs> since we're in the spirit now, um, I'll sit online and I choose now in my inferiority, in my inferiority complex to communicate with you only what I want you to see. And the hard questions are never asked. The tough questions are never asked. And so now you get stronger and stronger in the matrix. And you think you're a good Christian. See, when we, the Bible says, it is sin that separates us from God. And so when we look at Genesis 3, when we look at the fall, you know, we look at how man and woman hear an instruction from the Lord. And that will, that is the will of God. God's will is revealed in his commandments. And so now he reveals a commandment and in Genesis 3, these guys, their will chooses what it wants. And so they choose the knowledge of good and evil and they disobey God and it's now sin. And that sin, ladies and gentlemen, separates us from God. It doesn't separate God from us. It separates us from God. You see, for far too long, people who have had issues with church don't stay to resolve the issues, but they actually leave. So my question is, where's the sin? Whose sin is it? Is it the church's fault? Or is it your fault? Because at the end of the day, who's gone? Think, just think about what I'm saying right now. If, you, if people desire so much because of love to fix problems, to fix misunderstandings, they say, I'll just leave that with you there. And so we see now, Genesis 3, it is sin that separates us from God. And so now, please track with me for a few minutes now. I'm going to teach really well, okay? We see that in Genesis 3, that the will of God and the will of man were connected to one another and the will of God was the source of life to the will of man and the will of man began to give life to the body of man. And so through that body, now it's very important, through that body, life began to take place. They, they were a source of life to everything around them. You must understand, very important. And so now when they fell, there was a separation between the will of God and the will of man. And because of that separation, we think that man died. Ladies and gentlemen, man did not die. Man continued to live. You know why? Because the will convinced itself to be the source of life to the man, to the body and the soul. Very important. And so because of that, created a matrix. It created a system of self-satisfaction. And so because of that now, man never felt the need of God. I don't need God. I can satisfy myself. So 
So when you when you look at self-satisfaction, self-pleasure, self, me, 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 you're I'm the focus of everything in my life. We see the disconnect. The disconnect is you think that your will has the ability to sustain your life, to give you life and sustain it. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, your will can do it. It can give you a life that you think is awesome, but eventually it will fade away. But only because the will of man and the will of God were separated. Now, it is easy for the will to primarily choose self. Easy than to choose the will of God. Why? Self-satisfaction. Immediate I get immediate gratification when I choose what I want, man. Rather than painfully going through the pain of laying the will down and saying, not my will, but your will be done. Oh, this is amazing. And so now every time man primarily chose self then to choose the will of God, it becomes the only thing that equals itself to God and opposes Him. Very important that you understand this. When the will of a person decides to become self-sustaining, the minute you experience, I got my first salary and I did whatever I wanted with it. The minute you get that, that gratification, you're saying, that you don't need the will of God for your life. And you're saying you're equal to God. It's a good day today. And so now, because that will says, I am good enough. I am all I need. I don't need God. You just naturally oppose Him. And I can see through the Bible that everyone that opposed God did not end up well for their life. In Genesis 6, we look at Genesis 6, 1. It says this, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. And they took wives for themselves and all whom they chose. Now, verse 3 says this, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, which means man chose to become flesh, self-gratifying. Yet his days shall be 120. So here's what's happening, okay? The spirit of God is striving with man, saying, man, submit your will. Submit your will. Submit your will. Choose God's will for your life and God will bless you. God could not contend. God could not strive with man for his own benefit. So now the Spirit said, I'm done. So which means till then, man was experiencing life, the grace of God, even though they were in sin, in wickedness, they were in sin. They were experiencing the grace of God to live longer, ladies and gentlemen. Live longer. 
Now the spirit said, I'm not going to strive with you. I'm going to give up on you. And you, because you are choosing to live by your own will, now I'm going to reduce your life to 120 years. Which means death became a part of a solution when man chose his will rather than the will of God. This is very, very strong. It's very powerful. You have to embrace it. So which means you must understand that when you get saved, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And initially you are so much on fire for God. And, and you're like, wow, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, brother. And I'm I'm like so full of the Holy Ghost right now. And then six months later, I'm not so full of the Holy Ghost. What happened to you, man? First I got a job and then I got busy, you know. God blessed me with the job and all. And then, and then there's some who are like, oh, Pastor, you know, I got married and then I got a child and like, oh my gosh, you know, life got busy and, oh, really? What happened? I thought you were filled with the Holy Spirit, man. I thought you were on fire for God. Yeah, yeah, I am fire, fire, I'm, I'm fire for God. I am, I am, I am. What's happened? You can notice that the Holy Spirit is not striving with the person. He's just become quiet. And you think that your will is having its way. Let me tell you something. The human will, if it is in deception, will convince itself after a while that it is hearing the voice of God, but it's actually hearing its own will. Your will, the natural will, will convince you that you are hearing the voice of God and that you think you're on fire and you think what you're doing is right. But I want to tell you something, that the longer you go in it, the more silent the Holy Spirit becomes. And you might think to yourself that the Holy Spirit is leading you, but actually he's not. Look at your life. Your life will testify of it. Look at your, the health in your body, will testify of it. Look at your finances, look at your marriage, look at your children, look at your friendship, look at the people that, I, that you're hanging around with. When the human will is separated from the will of God for far too long, it will convince itself that you don't need God and it is God himself. And you're hearing God's voice regularly telling you to go left, go right, go left, go right. And you think you're prophetic. And you think you're hearing the voice of God. And, and you give from that will now. You're giving prophetic words over people's lives. And have you noticed that none of them have come to pass? It's because you're tethered to the material. You're tethered, you're held, you're, 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 there's a rope that is holding you into that matrix and somebody needs to rescue you. And so we must understand that with the Holy Spirit not striving with man, the number of years reduced to 120. You must understand, they were in their 900s and it was reduced to 120. 120 from 900. Can you imagine the 81% of your life that you were meant to live Come on now. That you don't get to live only because your will is disconnected from the will of God and your will has decided to be God in your life. 
It's because man's will chose to continue to be tethered to the material, touch, feel, see realm, self-gratifying all the time. Now, I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 25. And this message is going to get very, very interesting. Remember, we're talking about an intrinsic code. All right. Proverbs chapter 25. I just want to read a verse to you and then we'll dive deeper. Proverbs chapter 25 and verses 2, it says this. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Wow, that's a riddle in itself. That's awesome. I'm going to explain it a little bit. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, which means the minute man chose to, to run his own life, man chose his own will, God said, okay, I'm going to take my will, which was giving you life. I'm going to conceal it in a mystery. I'm going to conceal it and hide it from man just in case man gets this wisdom and lives long in a sinful state. And so now he says, but the, it is the glory of kings, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. So you must understand that God doesn't give his glory to just anybody. He gives it to kings. Why? Because it is the glory from God that makes a king glorious. It is not selection of man that makes a king a king. It is selection by God that, that God takes his glory and gives it to a king. Have you ever looked at a king? They carry, they emanate such a glory from their face. They walk and you can feel the presence of glory. It doesn't matter what religion they're from, but they carry this presence. That that glory demands you to respect them. They don't have to tell you that they carry that, that, that amazing presence, the way they carry themselves with such boldness and, and they know who they are. It's only because the glory from God is given to them. See, but the king, a king searches out the matter because when he searches out a matter, he receives a revelation that extends his glory, increases his glory and thereby increasing his life. See, now the Bible when, when the Bible says that God called you out of darkness into his light and he made you sons, he made you kings and priests unto our God. So which means you're a king in the king's domain. You're a king in the kingdom of God. And you have a king above you who's the king above all kings. And that king now paid a price and he now reveals everything. And, and he says, I'm going to give you my spirit. And that spirit lives on the inside of you. And that spirit is going to reveal everything he hears my father say. Oh, come on now. That spirit that was not striving with man is now sitting on the inside of you and he is receiving revelation. He is receiving mysteries. He is receiving the will of God and he's sitting on the inside of you. And your life can be extended. Your life, you can experience the glory of God, but you've got to search it out. You've got to search it out. You've got to dig deep. You've 
you've got to search what out. You've got to recognize what is tethering you to the material world and untether yourself from it so that you can be free to experience or receive revelation. So when you receive that revelation, now you can now propel and go forward and experience an abundance of life. This is why he is saying it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. God conceals it and in his glory, that's what makes him glorious. But see, he, what, what God uses to conceal a matter, the man, the king searches out that matter and when he receives the matter, he also receives the glory that concealed the matter. It's amazing. It is amazing. But God is calling you and me to step into our rightful identities as kings and priests unto our God and search out these matters. That's why doing a fast like this is important because the fast tells us how connected I am to this material world. How connected I am to food. How connected I am to social media. How connected I am to music. How connected I am to entertainment. How connected I am to this social circle that I have that constantly does things in the according to their own will. But God is saying, listen, uh, uh, it's not that I don't want you to hang out with those friends. I just don't want you to be tethered to their will. I don't want you to be connected. You're in bondage to that circle. They're going round and round in a circle and you're choosing now to go round and round with them in that circle and you're eating the same grass they're eating and you're barking the same way they're barking and you're trying to lash out because you saw them lash out. You don't know why. Now you lash out and you think it's cool. You dress the way they dress. You talk the way they talk and you do all the things that they do and no glory. Pastor, please pray for me. Coach, I need your advice. When you have God, the source of life living on the inside of you, saying, just search out a matter. What is the matter? Let's search it out together. And when you begin to search out that matter, you search out the counsel of God for that matter. And when you do that, you receive a glory that causes you to transcend out of the limitations so that you can now have authority and dominion over that matter. That is powerful, church. Very, very powerful. Paul in the book of Galatians is having a huge issue now with all these super apostles. And But there's a verse in in Galatians chapter 2 where Paul says, It is by revelation that I came to Jerusalem in order to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. It is by revelation that I came to Jerusalem to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. It is by revelation, which means Paul never went to a place, never did anything without receiving revelation. Receiving the word of God. Receiving the will of God. God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go to Jerusalem? Do you want me to go to Judea? Where do you want me to go to Samaria? Where do you want me to go, God? What do you want me to do? And God would give revelation because you've searched out a matter. And so because of that now, he has an issue with the other super apostles. Actually, one super apostle. And the reason why he has an issue with them is because they 
are considering the Jewish customs when they are dealing with people, when they're preaching the gospel to the Jews. And Paul comes to them and confronts Peter to his face and he's like, dude, why are you allowing yourself to go back into the law that Jesus rescued you from? As a Christian, why are you allowing yourself to get tethered down into the world that God saved you from? Why are you compromising? Why are you living in fear? Why are you making choices in your life based on what people think about you, how they think about you, what is their opinion about you? It's just a fear of man that is causing you to do the things when you're around them so that they don't have a problem with you. So, but in secret, you desire to do your own thing, follow God's will, hallelujah. But when you're around people, oh, oh hold on a minute, they might persecute me if I don't do the religious things that they want me to do. And so Paul is now confronting them and it is in this context that Paul actually says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who lived and died for me. That's the context really of that I have been crucified, which means if God, if you are truly dead, 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 if truly your will has been, is, is been crucified on the cross, it's no longer you who lives. You can't be fearful of men. You can't be fearful of what they would do to you. Paul was so convinced by God that his ministry was to preach to the Gentiles that he, God would open a door for him to go to preach to the Gentiles. He was convinced, this is my ministry. This is what I want to do and I'm willing to pay a price for it. The disciples in the, in the book of Acts will come to Paul. Paul, don't go to Jerusalem and don't go to Jerusalem. They're going to kill you. He's like, that's exactly the reason why I want to go to Jerusalem. Because I've had a divine revelation. You see, he was not afraid of dying. He was not afraid of losing or what the world, the matrix says you are losing. See, they define loss, but the kingdom doesn't define loss the same way. Everything that you lose in the world, you actually gain in the kingdom hundred times fold. When you sow your money into the kingdom, when you give into the kingdom, you don't look to, to the world as a, you take the system of the world and you, you cause it to die when you give it into the kingdom. Death, wow, bam. And so now God takes it and resurrects it and now you, He blesses you according to the faithfulness of your heart, sometimes even a hundred times. Oh, come on, man. See, the danger for a Christian, in my opinion, is to be a believer in Christ and to be tethered to the material world at the same time. To be free in Christ, because Christ set me free, hallelujah. But at the same time, six days of the week, you're tethered to this world. You're tethered to the systems, the processes of the matrix. And so now, if you were to look at your life, do you make choices based on how people see you? 
Do you make choices based on what they think of you? Do you make choices based on how they feel about you? Or do you base every choice without fear because you're hearing his perfect will for your life? You're the best judge of your own life. You're the best judge of, your, of this moment right now. You're the best judge of it. You're the one who knows. Maybe you've never recognized that you've been in fear of the outcome and so it causes you to make a choice. Or you have done it, but fear had gripped your heart for so long. It, it's, you are so tethered to fear that every time you try to break free, it squeezes the life out of you. I want to encourage you today that you are free. You are free. You're free from fear. You're free from living a life that your body dictates to you. Your natural will dictates to you. You're free from that life. And you're free to live a life of not my will, but your will be done. My will actually doesn't exist. It is only your will that is to be done. The compromised life is a life with God. Let me say this in the biblical language. When you live a compromised life like Christian on Friday, Sunday, the rest you tethered to the world. When you live that life, you're, you're distasteful in the mouth of God. The, the book of Revelation calls it lukewarm. You're neither hot nor cold and it's actually a distasteful thing in God's mouth. He spits, spits you out. It's the language of the Bible, okay? He, he, he spits you out because you're neither hot nor cold. Lukewarm. You're neither there, you're neither there. Be somewhere. Choose one side. Either you're an enemy of God or you're a friend of God. There is a code, ladies and gentlemen. The code enables you to tap into as a Christian. You have a code on the inside of you, an intrinsic code on the inside of you that enables you to tap into the intrinsic will of God. And that code is called death to self. I, ego, me, has been crucified. Death to self. Self doesn't exist. You know, I'm reminded of the story where those who are fasting are going through the book of Daniel and, and, and um, you know, in the, in the story of Daniel, we see that Daniel makes a choice to not eat the king's food and his drink his wine because he did not want to defile his body before God. You see, death to self, that's death to self. I mean, he is disobeying the king. But he, in that, he is honoring the king of kings. See, a lot of people love to rebel, but they don't have a cause. They like to disobey, but they don't hurt anything from God. 
Now I'm not saying God's will causes you to disobey. The system, the matrix looks like it, to the matrix, it looks like to them that you're disobeying it. It looks like you're not agreeing with what I'm saying. It looks like you're going against my plans for your life. But actually what you're doing is, you're, you're just saying, God, in this matter, your will carries a greater value in my life than their will or the outcome of their outbursts in my life. It's hard, hard, very hard. That's why it's called death to self. Okay, let me say it like this. It is hard when the ego man is still alive. It is hard when you don't recognize that this is the system that is controlling you. But it becomes easy when you're not controlled by the matrix. When you recognize the matrix and you say, hold on, not your will, but his will be done. And in that, Daniel began to experience, he looked better. Look, even his friends who were eating vegetables, they were, the king made an idol. We've, we know the story. The king made an idol, told all of them to start worshiping it. And these three boys said, no. I, what? You're going to disobey the king? Yeah, because we're in obedience to God. That's when it's worth laying down your life. When you're in obedience to God. God's will for your life. And the guy takes them, throws them in the fire. And then he comes and sees there's a fourth man that looks like the son of God in the fire. You must understand, they are out of the matrix. They're out of the material world and they're in the kingdom. They're, they're, they're righteous before God. And so now when the king takes them and throws them in a natural element, the element has no power over them. Come on, man. Powerful. The element has no power over them because they are not under the influence and authority of the elements. powerful death to self that's what death to self does death to self says i am dying to the matrix i'm dying to the natural i'm dying to the material world and i'm choosing to live in christ in christ alone my hope is secure it's amazing church it is amazing i want you to go to john chapter 12 and verse 23 but Jesus answered and said to them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Wow. Glorified. Remember? We're talking about glory. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Now, with this most assuredly in, in the Greek is the word uh, aman, amane, okay? And in Hebrew, it's actually the word amen. It's the, same, it's the same word in Greek, amane. So when Jesus is making the statement, whenever you say amen after, this, after the statement, it means that you're agreeing with the statement. But when you say amen before the statement, it means that amen is the lens through which this entire verse should be read. Which means, where amen means, so be it. It is a guarantee it is going to happen. Just think about that now. You look at the, this verse as, as the lens through which this entire verse pivots. Okay? He says, 
I guarantee, I'm giving you most assuredly, it is done. Like, it is done. I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, comma, falls into the ground and dies. It remains alone. What is he trying to say? He's saying, if that grain of seed falls into the ground and does not die, it remains alone. Oof. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. If that grain of seed falls into the ground and it dies, it's finished. Now, it produces much fruit. See, death to self, death to the will, self-will, the natural will, is an opportunity for you to be fruitful. Multiply, come on, man. Replenish the earth and subdue it. How do you do that in the new covenant? Every time you take an area of your life and submit it to the will of God and you die to your will. Now that will, if it is dead, it begins to receive resurrection life. When you receive resurrection life in your will, now it is no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. So there's a, there's a transfer that is taking place of your will for God's will. And when, but it requires death, death to self, death to my need, death to my sexuality, death to my color, death to my race, death to my passport, death to all these areas of my life. Every time I die to it, now God begins to give me resurrection life and He gives me His will which begins to produce life. It begins to produce fruit. It begins to produce everything that is in God's will for my life. And church, you've got to, you've got to embrace this concept because like when we announced a fast and people signed up to it, what they basically signed up for is to die to self. Every day, instead of sleeping, you're putting that alarm and you're saying, no, <laughs> not my will to continue to snooze. What I do every day, not my will. I'm going to push through. Why? Because I have to meet with God. I have to, I made a commitment. I made a covenant. See, Job says this. He says something awesome. He says, I made a covenant with my eyes to not look upon a virgin. That's amazing. He made a covenant with his eyes. When you say, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning and I'm going to do the Our Father. I'm going to pray the prayer. I'm going to, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to pray the Psalms. I'm going to do everything that Pastor John and Pastor Kelsey have laid before us. I, what you're saying is, I'm dying to myself. And you see it in the testimonies. People are testifying. Oh my goodness, I had little sleep, but I have so much of energy in the day. I was, I was running behind schedule, but now I have so much time in the day. I was able to do all these things and I have more time to myself. Now that's just one time in the morning. Then Pastor John has to say 1 p.m. Come on now. And then again at 9 p.m., like 9 p.m. is my favorite TV show. 
Yeah. That's that time that you say no TV, no Netflix, no social media. No, no to the systems of this world. No to self. And every time you submit that now, you begin to experience resurrection life. And I've heard some of the testimonies of people who have experienced Jesus walking into their room. They've experienced Jesus coming and cooking for them. I mean, some phenomenal stuff. They're experiencing that they're walking on the beach with Jesus and they're, 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 every cell in their body is getting invigorated with the energy of God. I mean, you, they, you cannot make this up. And all these people, are having different experiences at same times. You cannot tell me that this is not God. But it took these people, all these people, just a simple desire that says, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice social media. I'm going to sacrifice Netflix. I'm going to sacrifice carbs. I'm going to sacrifice sugar. I love desserts, but nah, that's the system. That's the system. I'm not going to go back into that system ever again. I can't, I, can't be, I can't be caught up into that sexual, that relationship. I can't, I can't do that anymore because that is not the will of God for my life. I've got to live a life that is honoring to my father. I've got to, just like Daniel, I've just got to say, I'm going to be on vegetables. I'm not going to be in this relationship. I'm just going to be single for now and I'm going to mingle with Jesus. <laughs> This is a very important church. And Jesus drops it and he says, He, verse 25, very important. He who loves his life. This is the part of the guarantee, okay? Part of the guarantee. Like, I mean, he said amen even before he said it. It's something else when everybody says amen to your statement, but you're saying an amen even before you made your statement, which means it's a guarantee. It is going to happen. Proper gangster. 25, he says, he who loves, loves his life. He who loves the matrix will lose it. He will lose his life. 120 years becomes short. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. It's amazing. He's saying he who hates this world. If you recognize the matrix, it becomes your responsibility to hate it. And so I want you to go to Romans chapter 12 now. Chapter 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, beseech is begging, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present what? Your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You've, Paul is saying, I'm begging you, please present your body as a living sacrifice, which is wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then he goes on to say, and do not be conformed to this world. What it really, what, it, what this word conformed means is divided into two words. One word means to be identified with and the second word means to take the image off. So conformed means that whatever I identify myself with, I take its image. And Paul is talking about 
listen, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And he's saying straight away, do not be conformed, which means don't identify yourself with the matrix. Don't identify yourself with the world. Don't identify yourself with the material realm. Don't identify yourself with it, which means like you have a good watch, you have good money in your bank account. It doesn't define your identity. And so it's, so whatever you identify yourself with, um, hip hop, that's what you become. And so now you go to God as a Christian with hip hop and you're presenting your body as a hip hop to God. Please, uh, what, what, I'm, I'm just giving an example to, to you. You identify yourself, I'm a doctor. You're conformed into the matrix and now that matrix conforms you and gives you the image that you're a doctor. Please call me doctor. Don't call me by, your, by my name, call me doctor so and so. And so now you go before God and you're presenting a doctor's body. And it's not part of the living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God criteria. I'm a musician, I'm a singer. No, 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 you're not, you're not. The will of God defines who you are. The will of God defines you based on his word. And when you receive his word, your primary definition is son. And so he's saying here now, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind. Renewing means taking that, take, recognizing the matrix in your will, in your mind, and now removing those thoughts and receiving the thoughts of God and allowing and strengthening your will to choose the thoughts of God, choose what is in God's mind. That's what is renewing of the mind. That's what it means. And he says, when you renew your mind, that's when your body is transformed into what you renew your mind with. Oh, come on now. You come to Life Sets Global, I can guarantee you in two months, if you, if you can only give me two months of actively pursuing God, listening to the word, applying it. Actually, I give you one month. If you, can, if you can take one month and actively pursue God, every word that we're releasing from here, you apply it in your life. I can guarantee you now, you will not recognize yourself in one month's time. Your life will completely change. You will look and behave and communicate like Christ. And when you go to God, you're not presenting a body that is so qualified by the matrix and the matrix accepts you and the world accepts you, but you're presenting a body that is already acceptable by God. See, God has already accepted a body and it's called Christ's body. And your responsibility now, because he brought you out of the matrix, he, he removed that, that, that rope that was tethering you to the world. Now it's your responsibility to renew your mind. He's not going to come and do it for you. You've got to crucify the will. You've got to die daily. Pick up your cross and follow me. That's what it means. Die to self every day. And then he says this, that you may prove. I'm going to read it. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Wow. Tell your neighbor, you've got something to prove. Tell your other neighbor, you've got something to prove. Tell yourself, you've got something to prove. Self, you've got something to prove. 
What do you have to prove? What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Which means your body that you present to God is the very body that proves a point. I've got a point to prove. Don't try to prove your will, prove His will. Don't try to prove the will of the, of, of the, of the world now, of the matrix, the material world. Prove the will of your heavenly Father. And it's proved where? In the body. In the body that you present to God, God takes you and presents you to the world. And He says, now, since you've come out of it and you have, I'm giving you authority over it so that now they can look at you and see my will being done in your life. And my will is good. Ladies and gentlemen, that word good means good. Very good. It means that it is, it is intrinsically good. When you start obeying His will, when you start living from His will, you start proving intrinsically that you are good. You don't have to try to do good works. Every work that you do from His will is good. Oh, come on, this is powerful. Come on, man. Every, every time you go to the supermarket to shop for your groceries, your, where you go to shop, God will lead you where to go. And when you go there, you're proving God is a good God. I'm not going to look for the discount items because I'm looking for quality, man. I want quality ingredients because I'm on a fast. You don't understand. I need good nutrients in my body. I can't, I can't just buy cheap avocados. I've got to buy good avocados that have a higher content of fat in it because I need that for my body. Why? Because my body is presenting the goodness of God. Then he says, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, which means it's not good, comma, acceptable. It's good and acceptable, which means it's goodness on top of goodness is, is acceptable and perfect will of God. That word acceptable means that everywhere you go, you don't have to look for people to accept you. Everywhere you go, you are accepted because He accepts you. You, you function from a place of acceptance. I don't, need, I don't need to do things for people to accept me, to love me, to give me some love. I am fully loved. I am fully convinced that my Father in heaven loves me, accepts me because my body, whatever shape it is in, He loves it. He accepts it. I don't have to have a perfect six pack, eight pack, one pack, whatever you want to call it. I don't have to have that. My father accepted me when I was dead and now he gives me life. The acceptable will and the perfect will. The perfect means that it is fully complete. It's reached maturity. From the beginning to the end, it's all done. And so when you walk around creation now, when you walk around the matrix, the matrix looks at you as someone that it should submit to rather than looking to dominate you. When you go for your business meetings, your business partner, the, the clients that you're going to meet there are not looking to cheat you out of, a, out of a deal. They're looking, they're saying, okay, now you 
I trust you. You're acceptable. I will pay you whatever you ask me to pay you because I know your work is perfect. Perfect. Perfect will. When you understand perfect, everything that you do becomes perfect, which means that everywhere you're incomplete in your work, he comes and perfects it. Wow. That is awesome. Every area, you lack communication skills. Wow, get, here's what. God will take you and say, communicate. I'm going to make you a preacher. And so when he makes you a preacher now, but, but God, I'm, I'm, I stutter. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it up. Just open your mouth. Just do it. Die to your flesh. Die to what the world tells, speaks about you. God, I'm not good enough with computer engineering. God, I'm not good enough as a, as a fashion designer. Take the step. Come out of that matrix. Come out of that place. God, I'm not good with, with painting. Just come out of that drama. Come out of that nonsense. Come out of that matrix and open, open a page, fresh page and start painting. And I will wear your incomplete and I will perfect you. See, the, the matrix only gives credit to the one who is the most biggest, the fastest, the, the one who is, is more advanced than everybody else, but the weakest have to wait in line and one day practice hard, hard, hard to compete with them and then you. See, but God doesn't do that. He doesn't take, oh, you, you are qualified? Okay, no, no, wait. Bring somebody who's disqualified. Bring someone who has no honor. Bring, bring, a, bring a prostitute into my kingdom because she has no honor in the kingdom. Bring, a, bring this person, bring that person. He has no education, he doesn't have Bible education, he doesn't have a degree. Good, come, 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 you, you qualify. Because he loves to perfect you. He loves to complete you. But you must understand that it is, he, he can, he can, you can experience his goodness, you can experience his, his, his uh, acceptability and you can experience his perfection when your will, natural will is dead. Death to self and alive in Christ. So church today, I want to bless you. I want to declare God's abundant life and love over you. You see, that what man lost in the garden, Jesus not only got it back, but he gave it to you with an upgrade. He's not just taking you back to the garden. He's taking you, he, he's causing you to transcend and ascend into the heavens to your rightful place. He's not taking you to walk around uh, the trees in the garden. Now you're sitting in the, at the right hand of the Father. And the Father now sits with you and, and Jesus talks to you as an equal and he says, hold on a minute, I've got a will for the earth. I've got a will for your family. I've got a will for your life. I've got a will for your business. I've got a will for your children. I've got a will for, your, for the company that you're working for. Would you die to that matrix? Would you recognize it and die to it so that I can give you life? See, every time God gives you life, He extends it. Every area that you submit to God in, He begins to extend your life in that area. Church, I want to encourage you. Do not be afraid to die to yourself. Because those who die to themselves will live a life a transcendent life from the ethereal realm into the earth. See, your, your responsibility 
Your calling is to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. But that only happens when you receive the perfect will of God for your life. So today, church, I just want to bless you right now. I want to declare over you that you would have clarity in this season. Clarity not to hear God's will for your life, not only that, but also clarity to recognize the system, to recognize the matrix that you're a part of. And the church today, I just want to bless you. I want to declare over you that with clarity, there will be consistency in your walk. That this is not a sprint, but this is a marathon. This life is a lifestyle. This ethereal life is a lifestyle that God has called you to live for the long run. It's a joy to give up this world. So I give up, give you grace right now. I release grace over your life to give up the world, to give up the flesh, to give up the material, to give up the self-pleasing, the self-will, the selfishness. I release grace over you to recognize it and to give it up, to die to it. But I also give you grace. I release grace over you to receive resurrection life. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life whoever comes to me will receive life and so i declare over you life and life in all its abundance john 10 10 a thief comes to steal kill and destroy that's the matrix but jesus has come i have come to give you life and all its abundance so this week church live a life that is pleasing to god in jesus name i bless you amen